and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show. Brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. He's Moan out in Hendersonville, Tennessee. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports here in downtown Pittsburgh. And Moan, it's championship weekend. It's big time championship weekend. You know what? Don't nobody make a big fuss about the NFL Final Four the way we do about the NCAA basketball. You know, DK? I don't know about that. I I know, but... Listen to the terminology. Championship weekend. Do you know what what championships get won this weekend? None. I I know. They all, I'm not like, I'm not really disturbed by it. It's more or less just like, you get the final four. Yeah, final four is an achievement. They put flags up in college arenas that say final four. How many times you made it to the final four? And or if you didn't make it to the final four, then you're the guy who never made it to the final four. It's a really, really big deal. It and is. yeah, I, I think college basketball has pretty much got a monopoly on that. There's no sport that does it. Not like that. But no. this, this to your point, is a huge, huge weekend, man. You got a, a lower-seeded team in Cincinnati being a favorite. I think a two-point last time I checked, if I'm not mistaken. You got two juggernauts right now on the NFC side that it really is a coin flip. If you're a betting person, DK, if we ever get like a betting sponsorship and we have to pick, listen to me. I don't know how and where we would pick that Phillies and 49ers game. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles, but we'll 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 get to our picks. Okay. In, we'll okay. get to our picks a little bit later on in the show here. We want to give everything away at the beginning. It's no well, fun. I, I, I didn't. I was just being controversial <laughs> in the sense of just that's a tough pick. That's a tough game. I well, you see, I didn't disclose my pick. You did though. Right? Yeah, but I just <laughs> I, I think the Eagles are going to run away with it, but that's yeah. just me. Yeah. Um, I, I I look at these these games the way they're set up, and the first thought that I have is that I like that it feels like the four best teams in the National Football League have made it. With yeah. apologies to the Bills. Okay. I mean, I know that everyone saw the Bills as being that. They're that team and whatever else here. Yeah, right? I did. But they had a home game on their turf, and their turf was caked with snow. Yeah. That should have been a dream come true mm-hmm. for the Buffalo franchise. And it wasn't anything of the kind. That's like us losing to Miami in a snow game. It don't, it don't make so sense. Bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes no sense whatsoever, man. But that's football. Like, it goes to the best team or the team that makes the least mistakes, right? That's usually how the game goes down. If you have less uh, tackles for loss on the offensive side of the ball than the other team, you may score more points. Like, this is how it goes. Um, but this this is going to be a very interesting uh, matchup. And you're right, though, DK. I don't think anybody – or their mom or anybody involved with football can say these aren't the four best teams. Even with Cincy going 0-2, even with them splitting with Pittsburgh, looking at the way San Francisco had to gather themselves and go make a trade for Christian McCaffrey. Like, that stuff mattered to them because I don't know what this offense is now without Christian McCaffrey. That's fair to say, is it not? It is. I, I also think it's fair to, to cast doubt on the 49ers offense, if only because when you take all four quarterbacks, even Patrick Mahomes at partial health, and you line them all up next to each other, it's one of these things is not like the other, and that's Brock Purdy. It <laughs> you, just is. Okay, now, DK, you say that. You say that, but with the right support and system, like some team that's in the Northeast United States, mm-hmm. nobody gave that dude a shot either when it came down to, hey, who the heck is Tom Brady, right? 
I'm not crowning Brock Purdy at all. Absolutely none at all. But seven wins, DK, some even having to come from behind, some against a really good defense with the Dallas Cowboys hat down the stretch. That's a tough, that's a tough get right there for a team that needed some wins. And without a season, Jimmy Garoppolo or their number two overall pick and Trey Lance. This ain't supposed to happen, but it continues to, you know, to build up steam. They're getting more confident in Brock Purdy. They're getting more confident in that defense. He's finding ways down the field to make plays for his offense also. I saw somebody break down why is Purdy the way he is right now. This has become the Brock Purdy segment here for a second. It's all right. Still a nation. This gives you hope in a sense, right? Because with the right offense is kind of what they said. If you have a guy like him, they said Nick Saban pretty much said, uh, you're undersized, your arm is whatever, and we don't think much of you. Basically, is what Nick Saban said while he was recruiting him at his house. Like, geez, do I even have a chance? There's the but door, coach. I know. There's the door. <laughs> uh, another NFL scout said, do not take or not for us or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But they said in that system and what Shanahan runs and the support that he has, and he does have a lot of talent around him. We would not disclose. We would not forget that, right? But you let him have motions, you let him move the uh, his offensive pieces around to kind of shift the defense. He's smart enough, and that's what they did not count. He played a lot of football at his school, right? And because of that, he know how to process and break down defenses. He know how to process and 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 keep his eyes downfield because he did a lot of that in college. Yeah, he With wasn't that, just a meat market guy who shined no, at the combine, right? No, he wasn't. Not fast at all. Not a big-time athlete, but... You use his smarts in the right system, and that's how you win games right there. Yeah, I mean, also just find George Kittles. Just please find him and 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 Ayuk and also Debo Samuel and also having Mainly. Trent Williams as your left tackle helps too. They got a lot <laughs> going on. They really do. It's they funny do. that 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 franchise, which was known for so long mm-hmm. uh, through my childhood for their quarterbacks, everything about the 49ers was Joe Montana, then Steve Young. And it was like, how did they get the monopoly on the quarterbacks? And now the 49ers are great again, but they're everything but a quarterback. And I'm not being mean here. Yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, if, if you – waterboarded the guys who are running the Niners right now and asked them if Brock Purdy is going to be their starter next year, they wouldn't have an answer for you. They hit you like your kids get you when you ask them a hard question. Oh, like that's the answer. <laughs> I don't have the answer either. There's articles out there speculating. Is he a lock to be their starter going into the next year? Mm-hmm. DK is hard to sit a guy. He's 1300 yards, 13 touchdowns and four interceptions right now. That, when we, yeah, that's I know, solid. I know. Yeah, you don't you don't just say, hey, hey, son, just go watch from over there after no. you do that. And especially not obviously if he were to get through Philadelphia. Uh, when we come back on the Ramon show, we're gonna actually go through Ramon's picks for both of those games. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show special championship weekend edition here. We're now about to go through Ramon's picks. And since we've been talking mostly NFC here so far, uh, let, let's go to that side. Ramon, who NFC. Do you got? Who do you got? Putting you on the spot here to an extent because it, it didn't even sound like you were ready to make this pick through the opening segment. <laughs> you are, man. Uh, NFC Philly and uh, the 49ers. I, I have Philly winning. I do also. 
Um, I think they're a good outfit. I think Fletcher Cox, being the veteran that he is on that team, has kind of led them. Their back end of their defense is just as good as their front end. Their linebackers are some of the best guys in the league, too. They have those corners that can make plays for them. They're quick enough. They're physical enough to play ball with uh, the 49ers. But I look at that 49ers team and says, if, I, if I'm a coach in this league, I'm trying to find a way to mock that offense as much as I possibly can. It's fun. It's fast. They play the ball downfield, and they got guys at all different rounds making plays from them. They got first-rounders. They got seven-rounders. They got fifth-rounders making plays. They traded for a guy to come make plays for them. Brock Purdy, to me, seems as bulletproof as almost anybody in the league when it comes down to it. So it ain't a toss-up. It's a matter of, I think, Philly's offensive line is the strongest point, even with Trent Williams on the other side. For me, it comes down to something pretty basic. What do all football coaches hate more than anything else? It's a lack of predictability, meaning their own. Yeah, Uh, They don't like surprises. Whenever they talk about quarterbacks who can run even a little bit, the one thing they'll talk about all week long is how that quarterback can run a little bit. Yeah. Because it throws off their planning. It throws off everything. So they can't stand it. The Eagles don't hurt themselves. They They just don't. Okay, Uh, they don't commit turnovers and they don't go into slumps. Know why? Because of that offensive line that you mentioned, because of that defensive line that you mentioned. So the idea that the Eagles could go into a big game and have an oh no moment is pretty slim. Yeah. Okay. it it really Look is. at what they did to the Giants. Moan, you saw that. It was not interesting. No. Picked okay. them apart from play one. And also from, just drove them back. They did. The Giants it, it, had no answer for that. I, I only thing I say about that is, I, I, and they haven't all year. I don't even know why I mention it, but don't get high on your own supply when it comes down to think you're just going to run guys over. Like that defense on the other side of the ball for the 49ers is pretty legit too. Mm-hmm. But as to your point, the consistency in which that Philly OL has played all year long from left tackle all the way over to right tackle. They got some guys, man, and they got a bunch of attitude. The thing about them, too, I think there's one youthful spot on that Philly offensive line, if I'm not mistaken, the right guard. Other than that, I think you got a five-year guy left tackle. You got a seven-year guy left guard. You got a double-digit guy at center, young guy right guard, and then you got Lane Johnson that's in year eight, nine, or ten himself. That right there is a great blend of some kick butt. You know what and I'm as saying? As far as who's holding the football, you've got Miles Sanders who's hitting those holes with a purpose. You've got Jalen Hurts running uh, almost as often. Yeah. And, and yet, at the same time, the Eagles retain the ability to go downfield. Yeah, with A.J. Uh, Brown. That's the offensive side. The defensive side, it's, it's funny. It's like looking at two of the same thing. It is. You know, the, yeah. the way they come at you defensively. Um, and they've been doing that for a while, Moan. I don't have to tell you. I don't bring up the name. Philadelphia game with you, by the way. Did you notice that? That, that, Philly, that Philly game for us was a pivot, big time. It was a pivot, man. Uh, Anybody who's watching this knows what we're talking yeah, about. We're, <laughs> Talk about we, Fletcher Cox. You got Fletcher Cox step might up. as well have lined up in your backfield. Ooh, step up your physicality. There was a bunch of just eye-opening, just – 
just lessons in that game, man. And Philly continues to do that type of stuff to this day. And maybe it was the east side versus west side of the state complex that added to it. I couldn't tell, you know, <laughs> because it was it was that was a tough game, man. And that Philly cap crowd is brutal. Oh yeah, that's not an act. You should see yeah. what they what they are across the parking lot in the hockey arena. <laughs> that's just a completely different breed of humanity. Uh, when we talk about the the uh, conference championship games, the NFC game has always felt, for some reason, kind of more dramatic. I'm not more sure gritty. why. Well, maybe it was because Pat Summerall and John Madden would always do the NFC game, <laughs> so it always feel like. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. You know, like, well, actually, I just did the Monday Night Football. Theme, you did, you did, you did. Didn't line up with that at all. <laughs> it just felt like that. It felt NFL big. Whereas the AFC one was always kind of the game that had Buffalo in it, and they would yeah. never make it very far. I'm not so sure that that isn't reversed this year. No, I think between Pat Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, yeah, I, I, this feels like the headline matchup. It does. Uh, this to me, uh, this game this weekend, it comes down to one word for me in his health of one particular guy, Patrick yeah, Mahomes. That's true. He was stated sometime this week as saying he's going to practice. We heard that. Andy Reid, I don't know if he's playing Bill Belichick or what, but that's, a, if I'm not mistaken, a significant ankle sprain. I don't know if it's high or low, but that's it's a supposedly tough high, Moan. You've had that. And that takes a while. And this is the thing about Patrick. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is a guy that has to have mobility. Like I, we explain that in a sense that, you know, Josh Allen has mobility to create for himself. Patrick needs it to create for everybody else. And that's where he shines at. That's why everybody's searching for that type of quarterback also. Um, and this is the other part. This is the other detriment for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Their O-line is real good. But that Cincinnati defensive line has a thing for the for Kansas City. They just do. And, and of course, we you said this uh, after the game. We did the recap on it. Like, looking at the Buffalo-Cincinnati game, it felt like an AFC North game. It's mm-hmm. going to be the same thing against Kansas City. My thing is, can the Kansas City Chiefs take a little bit of the Golden State style of ball out of their offense and just say, Zeus, okay, Zeus, Zeus Brown, Orlando Brown Jr., can y'all go beat up Cincinnati? That's what this game's going to be. Eli Apple on the other side talking trash. Mike Hilton being the firecracker that they need him to be. All across the board, Trey Hendrickson. Like, think about it, Sam Hubbard. They got some dudes that want to play violent. Like, if, if if I'm talking to them and they consult me, hey, Ramon, what, would you, what did y'all do against Cincinnati? <laughs> you know what? Mouth. <laughs> Took the gloves off and we just fought. Yeah. That's what this game has to be for Kansas City, and I don't know if that ring around the rosy stuff that they were doing is going to be the things oh, that's necessary to get them winning this game. They can't do that. <laughs> wow. I did. I loved that play. I'm sorry. I loved it too. It was but, awesome. <laughs> but this week ain't the week for it. You no, know what you're I'm not going to be doing it. I loved it. <laughs> unless they're up 17 points with two minutes left. That's the only way they pulling that out their bag. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I think that there's, I think that there are any number of variables that are are pointing in Cincinnati's direction, but not by any significant degree. So I I do feel like whoever it is that does that slugging, yeah, is going to end up prevailing. And I also agree that Mahomes not being able to find his spot yes, from the backfield. From which to execute you know it's one thing to say hey you know he's got this a strong arm he can do it off front foot back foot it doesn't matter but yet just this week 
when Mahomes was asked about his health status, he said the number one thing is going to be pushing off that foot. Yeah, that's what I need to get accustomed to in practice and get back. That's a really big deal. That's I don't care if deal. you have the world's strongest arm. Yeah, uh, you if you affect the trajectory of your pass by this much, it's a game changing, season changing thing. Yes, it you know? is. So. Uh, that one's that one's tougher for me. I like Philadelphia in the other matchup. Who yeah. you got in the AFC? I, in the AFC, I got Kansas City, and for one particular reason, if they can keep that Cincinnati defense out of the backfield, not even in the passing game, in the running game, then then Kansas City wins. If they beat them up and get TFLs behind the line of scrimmage in the run game against uh, Kansas City, it's Bengals all day. Yeah, my feeling is a guy that we haven't mentioned yet because there's going to be a lot of big names as far as the wide receivers go uh, that's going to end up having a really big role in this game is Joe Mixon. Joe, yeah. Yeah, I, I just I think that this is this is a scenario in which you can say to them, listen, our offensive line isn't the greatest here, but Joe Mixon is a weapon. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to use him. We're not going to be shy about using him in multiple ways because we know what you've done in yeah. terms of preparing for – you know, Jamar Chase and, and everybody else that they have in the receiving crew. So that that's yeah. that I'd be looking at Joe. Joe always ends up being a big guy he, in these games, doesn't he? he? He does for this reason right here. And this is what Kansas City got. I believe what, what Joe Burrow said. Okay. Joe said last year sometimes on sacks, screw it. I'll make it back up. That's basically what he said. He doesn't care about the sack. Chris Jones and that rest of that defensive front for Kansas City can't celebrate too wildly when it comes down to sacking him behind the line of scrimmage. He used to getting hit. He just is. So don't celebrate it. Hit him again and get him off the field on fourth down because he's that good to march right down the field. Second and 17, he'll get it back because Jamar Chase is that good too. But I'll say this. I have Kansas City. If they do those things, and this is me outside of the room. I'm not even a coach for them. But if Chris Jones and his outfit cannot celebrate the sack and negative yards that they get against Joe Burrow because they're going to get to him, then they win. When we come back, the only segment that matters. Stay home. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. It's brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where three expert chefs fine-tune every sub, burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app for what they call craveability. Order your favorite entry at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Today's entry comes from J2 to ROC. And he says, hey, Moan, I'm not sure if you've noticed. But all the remaining teams, 49ers, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals, even the Bills, all run a 4-3 defense. Now, looking back to last season, the Steelers occasionally had success running a three-safety set, which was kind of similar to a 4-3 system. And also, Mike Tomlin, in his defensive coaching career, ran the 4-3 with Minnesota. Do you think it would be a good idea to switch to a 4-3 over our 3-4 defense. We often don't run a nose tackle anyway. Well, there's the answer right there. Uh, I think the the basis of this defense uh, for a while has been the base is 3-4. What it operates is as a 4-3, if we're being honest. 
It just is. And it's, it's a hybrid type of defense is the way I've always kind of looked at our uh, at our Pittsburgh Steelers defense. By the way, you guys are some smart guys in the comments, too. That's a real good breakdown and observation. I'm not even trolling. That's really good right there, uh, J-Rock, okay? Uh, but with that being said, most most teams will have a base defense because you have to have that. When it's big on big, you got to have a base defense and a nose tackle uh, with two DNs, basically, and outside linebackers means you have more guys that are athletic on the field. That's the way you kind of look at it. If you look at the breakdown of the structure defensively for the Pittsburgh Steelers for years, it really has been based big time on 4-3 because most nose tackles can't play on third down. So they will probably be out there for a the first down run, and next thing you know, there's two D tackles coming in, whether it's Ogan Joby and, and Wormley, and then you have Cam at a different spot, and then there's different variations that are out there. So you have Highsmith, TJ outside. You got TJ, uh, you got Cam up the middle, and you got Larry. That's your four defensive front right there. On top of having linebackers up the middle or extra safety, as you said, the thesis for this defense is mostly a 4-3 sub. We call it sub for the most part. So, and and the way offenses are in today's NFL, it forces you to go to a 4-3 for the most part or be in a position to where you're more likely to have rushers at the D-tackle position than you do run stoppers. And that's where they are. <clears throat> most coaches will tell you they're only keeping one, maybe two D-tackles or nose tackles. The nose tackle position don't really last in Pittsburgh for the most part because those guys have one specific job and that's stopping the run. Our coaches for the longest have been telling those guys, if you play D tackle, you better be a rusher. And I think that's what you're starting to see a little bit more, even though we're still a base 3-4. Yeah, the, the most common formation that the Steelers have taken the field with over the last uh, probably two, three, four years hasn't even involved the numeral three. Uh, it's been a 2-4. A, a it's been a 2-4-5 yeah. nickel, 2-3-6 dime. It's been... Uh, it's been formations that have had two down linemen. Yeah. Uh, Cam and somebody else, like you said, Oak and Joby, they'll spell them, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, Chris Wormley, uh, Tyson yep. Alulu. And they weren't even following this set. And the reason for it is that the, the Steelers value, and rightly so, yeah. the guy that they have at left outside linebacker. Wouldn't you? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and increasingly, the guy that they have it right outside linebacker. And they trust the two of them to do this yep. with the run. And to mm -hmm. an extent, with the quarterback. The quarterback isn't to get outside them either. So in a di it's not just – they don't just pin their ears back and go get the quarterback. They are responsible for sealing. Yep. Okay, sealing the edges. The That's edge. something James Harrison used to talk about with us all the Lamar time. Lamar Woodley. Yep. Right. Yeah, you just I mean Bud got good at it eventually. Bud Real Dupree. Good. Real nope. good. Didn't didn't start out that way. Nope. Couldn't seal a thing actually. Bud no. was just like kill maimed quarterback. Okay. <laughs> and it was just like, no, Bud, he's up here. Yeah. And Bud would be 20 yards downfield. Yeah. Uh, you gotta be responsible while you're doing it in this in this sub package because if you don't, there's holes galore yeah. to be hit. And whenever you Whenever you do see the Steelers go with a three with a standard three four, which they do, yeah, it'll be against a Cleveland. It'll it's going to be against like what you saw of the Atlanta Falcons this yep. year, where they were just advertising on a billboard. That the next play was a run, yeah. But for the most part, they really 
you know, I, I don't mm-hmm. see what the benefit would be. Do you? Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's just not because that. the other teams are doing it. Yeah, no, nah, like you said, it's you know, since you said it's like two four. I still looked at it as a four two in a sense because those outside linebackers, I look at them as DN, and this is the mm-hmm. thing: just because they're standing up, don't mean they're not labeled defensively. I mean, as far as us offensively, TJ and and uh, and Highsmith. They're they're DNs. So we got our one, two, three, four linebacker up the middle, two linebackers in the middle, spot the safety coming down. Like mm-hmm. we see that as a four two structure. Ask TJ which room he feels most comfortable in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> whether it's whether it's whether it's the DEs or whether it's the LBs. And he'll tell you he it's always the guys up front. He sees yeah. himself, and rightly so, as a guy up front. Uh and this needs to be mentioned too, I think, in this context. The Steelers will both draft and develop talent to their scheme. You mentioned Woodley. To me, he's the best example mm-hmm. of all. Although maybe TJ would be would be better because TJ came, but he wasn't even a defensive guy until his late in college. Crazy. Okay, right, right. But Lamar was a guy that they drafted as being a totally different type of player, different position, mm-hmm. and then just said, you know what? He is a three, four. Yep. Oh, well, B force. He is a three, four guy who can come off the edge there. And this was before people were talking commonly about edge rushers. Yeah, man. And just flourishing. And Pittsburgh's had that, 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 that reputation for a while of going to get those type of guys. They did it again with high Smith. Saw an article recently saying that, you know, he's been on a tear when it come down to his production, they find that type. And then you see him, and I think Lamar is a little bit shorter than him, but they're about the same thickness and size. Yes, they are. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Highsmith is a big guy, but so was Lamar Woodley. I yeah, think Lamar Woodley was more athletic. Two. The early Lamar was more athletic oh than Highsmith. I mean, Lamar was just a monster. Yes, he was. But, yeah, it's probably a 2-4. I'd label them four down and two. Two linebackers, and I'm watching for a safety coming down as far as run support goes. So the answer here I would think we would agree is – no, they're not changing. They're not changing it because <laughs> I think that uh, that three four setting is great for the AFC North though too because you get um, to occupy. Just to throw this in too, by the way, because I mentioned about the, whatever the drafting and so forth, you have to understand that the Steelers also train their scouts to look for players like this. That's how you yeah. find Highsmith at Charlotte. Charlotte. Okay, yeah. because he fit the traits that they were looking for in that position, the way it's been designed in Pittsburgh. And as a result, they could get higher value out of a lower pick than someone yep. else might. Moan, I'm feeling Eagles and Bengals. I got Eagles and Kansas City. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't, man. Let's do another one. Let's do another one Monday to go over how we did, all right? No doubt about it. We'll see who's right. All right.